Welcome to the Medical Freedom Podcast. My name is Jessica Fitchoni. I'm a medical freedom activist. I've written for you a short 15-minute story that's based on real events. Of course, the names have changed in this story to protect my ass from lawsuits. But my motto is this. If you don't want to be the villain in somebody's story, don't be an asshole. This is Decenium Gold. This story was written in loving memory of and honoring the life of Jennifer Janes. Part 1. Curtains. In shock, I was forced to accept a brutal, ugly truth. The answers I'd been looking for were medical, but what I found was criminal in nature, and the criminal was a woman I'd known and trusted. The pinnacle of the investigation into the medical collapse of my son it was a crime, not only against him, but against all humanity, as I discovered he wasn't alone in the suffering endured. Staring with a blank expression, spine extended, and eyes bugging out, I read the words that penetrated my mind, illuminating inches from my face. Thin, malnourished fingers were paralyzed on the keyboard as I sat motionless in despair. In that moment, the me that was me took one last deep breath, and I died that day. She wasn't the mayor, the governor, or the sheriff. She was something much bigger, much more behind the scenes and of much greater influence in our lives, as well as in the lives of most Americans. Her ability to create a following and network to contribute to her goals was substantial. She led with great success in the facade she lived so gracefully, elegantly, and freely each day. I took a deep breath in as I accepted this sudden, unexpected fact of absolute certainty. She had poisoned my son and would carelessly and consciously crave every unsuspecting other. I was frozen. With great power comes great influence, and where great power lies, big money talks. And where all that is, I found her. Beautiful, enchanting, fragile, and soft, an undercurrent of lies, a massive serpent, a vile and trusted snake. Fighting to find rhythm in my breath, I remained motionless. Wealthy was to say lightly the power she held in monetary assets. She lavished in luxuries and funded all America's top political campaigns and charities, swaying legislation she found appealing hair-pressed, gowns, wrinkle-free. She always adored the most elegant and classy of attire, a gold brooch or fancy diamond pin supporting her silver locks, unfailing. She wears her money as a totem, painting her face in every inch of cosmetic perfection as a symbol of her worth and social status. She was a giver and true believer in God on the outside, and on the inside, something else, something evil. Sitting, Paralyzed still, unable to move my thoughts, my breath frozen in horror, I changed. Who I was before that cold January night, precisely two years after the birth of my son, died right there as I looked through narrow squinting eyes into a monstrous darkness. Still the same me in this cellular body of organisms and synapse processes, but not the same infant my mother gave a name to in the hours of my birth. I'm not the same cousin, sister, daughter, 
aunt, niece, friend, wife, or mother I was before the catalyst. One second in time, one puzzle pieces of investigation slid together, transformed me, and placed my soul inside of it. I'm something different. I didn't know, sitting there in that deep freeze, who I was. But questions led to answers, and those answers led to the unexpected size of the monster I found lurking in unforeseen places. I became her victim swiftly and with a powerful force. An unintended casualty sucked in by the sheer size of the vast possibilities, realizing the damages she caused us all. My predecessor, mentor, and worst fear, a perceived and accepted truth instantly, the matriarch, Grandma Georgia Garrett. Breathing never did return to normal rhythm. I often find myself still jaw-locked, gasping for air, reminding myself to fill my lungs again. Breathe. This was a grieving process that would take time. She kissed my boo-boos and read me stories of childhood fantasy. With great accomplishments, I trusted her. The person she pretends to be is convincing. Rumors about her drifted by in the days and passed on through the years. No actions were taken by me to find valid reasons for sizable stories being told. I didn't think there was harm in not looking at her past. She was gentle, after all, an educated caregiver, a lover, and kind soul. Every human has a past story of day or day of imperfections, right? She was old. She was harmless. Or was she? Never did any questions come to mind or red flags in any way about Grandma. I often wondered about her money. How did she afford her political campaigns and lavish lifestyle? Of course, assuming she earned her money in honesty, after all. For many generations, our family has enjoyed political and social perks. Forgiving myself became nearly impossible in those actions of trust and blind assumptions, while two years of suffering and trauma in our lives nearly consumed Brandon. Exposing her became my greatest passion. Questions would start to play across my mind. One thing was crystal clear. She was an iceberg of mysterious undercurrents and massive waste of destruction. She had lies through agencies of acronyms that operate the systems we in the USA hold with high regard. Food safety, science, and medicine. Her potential would take years to study, reaching far and wide beyond comprehension and even partnering with other countries. Her bitter cold would grow deeper and frigid as the ways of truth that were discovered destroyed the foundation of who I was. Who am I now? I died and was reborn a new person instantly, a passionate and driven mother warrior in the aftermath of being grossly and repeatedly abused by an assailant, the most trusted of any kind, a grandma, my grandma. Part two, railing. The year 2010 set about with the conception of Brandon. The following January, he made his grand appearance, a cherished, blue-eyed, quiet, content baby boy. It was midday and bitter cold breezes flung through the hallways as doors whisked open and closed again, with nurses and doctors chattering in the hall. Chemical cleaners reeked and penetrated our bodies as the stale, dead atmosphere of hospital moved through like any other day. 
The sterile environment was overshadowed by heavy lights and new life. Adoring family were arriving to meet Brandon for the first time. My mother, Farah, with her long, brown, stringy hair draped over her shoulder, perfect for Brandon's tiny fingers to wrap themselves up in. Her twin, Kara, blew through the door with enthusiasm, flowers, and grandma. Identical twins shared a womb and blessed me with the opportunity to have two moms. The beautiful and infamous twin daughters of Grandma Garrett were reflections of each other on the outside, but on the inside, they were different. Their personas, attitudes, and level of empathy contrasted each other. My mother is a show mom. She shows up where the times are ripe for maintaining social status or opportunities to gloat and fails to show up when the camera lights shut off, rent is paid, or otherwise may need to be of emotional availability. Kara, though, she is a dedicated mother. She takes time to be of comfort. She focuses on understanding, being involved with unique qualities and perspectives while trying to help family understand each other. They were more dissimilar than alike in many ways. Both were a blessing to know and learn from in the short 26 years of life that brought me to this moment. A real blow to the ego was the realization that neither twin would protect Brandon from grandma. Look, mom, pointing to the documents that revealed the true nature of George Garrett. They watched as I cried. Horrible. How did this happen? She'll hurt him again. I can't help him alone. The shattered words were hard to find. The response wasn't what you would expect when asking your family to help protect your child from a monster. Mother dropped a bombshell when she responded, Hush, child. There will be no discussing this further. You must stop this right now. Your grandmother is an honorable and rewarding asset to us all. How dare you take her name in vain? Keeping Brandon from his great-grandmother would hurt us all. Calm down words mindlessly expelled from my mother's lips. She refused to look at the documents or proof and evidence to the claim I was making, exposing Grandma. It's happening to everyone, I called out in rebellious tears, railing. He was poisoned, I have proof, and pointed to the links downloaded to the tabletop PC. It's happening to everyone, all this time, all these years. It's happening right now to your other grandchildren. Don't you want to stop this? Please help me. I don't know how else to behave. Don't you dare tell me how to behave. It's not fair to say how I should behave in grief. She almost killed my child. She's a villain, I cried. The words poured from my mouth as my arms flailed around me. I told them about the journals I kept and the curious, curious occurrences that took place every time I took Brandon to visit her. Nine different visits were noted in those two years. His symptoms began on the day of his delivery after being happy, content, and lively. Grandma visited. He was sick following her visits and his body collapsing, worsening every time. I found the poison in her cabinet that I found inside my child. They heard the trembling in my voice as I stated the findings. Each woman saw the agony in my eyes flashing like a beam of light from my soul. My, a mother's cry, abandoned. Words fell on deaf ears. A real cognitive dissonance blanketed their minds, refusing to allow my pain and anguish to affect their comfort. No different than any other parent of any child abused, I needed to be present in representing the suffering of my son. Drama.
they called it. They saw luxuries being lost, amplifying their fears, and this led them to refusal or inability to discern what had happened to Brandon. The resources and economic advantages of being a descendant of Georgia Garrett are appealing. Detesting grandma would change our social status. It would change who we were. I knew the risks and asked them to accept the information laid before them, to choose protecting Brandon's future over economics and comfortable lies. Instead, they did the opposite and reported me as mentally unwell, loud, out of character, and began to gaslight every emotion and attempt I made to inform them and others. Kara even went so far as to force the one supporter who was exploring the possibilities with me away vigorously. Devastated and again alone, they would allow Brandon's story to sink into the pit with all those rumors told in days past and in months following. Stories I now know were never stories at all, but realities in our experience. That was the second I realized the power of money, the power of political status, the power of influence a single woman can have in an ocean of fish. She was a shark in a guppy costume. Worse, irreplaceable members of my family whom I never thought capable of such a horrendous act were helping her get dressed for the performance of a lifetime murder. The emptiness felt when Kara abandoned us and pulled away our sole supporter lit my spirit on fire and it continues to grow. The fire fuels a passion for questions and answers. The questions are the carbon and the answers are the spark that explodes. Breathe, remember to breathe. I needed to shout warnings of the sinister acts being done to the American people and dig my son's story out of the pit they intended him to fall into. Every person I love who was dying or suffering was on my schedule to speak to, so they may also know and investigate themselves to whether she was involved in their own demise. I thought it was the right thing to do. I thought it was noble, courageous. I was wrong. The evil woman I now came to know better than ever before wrapped them up in lies like a bacon-wrapped hot dog on a frying pan, sizzling and burning, stuck. What is this Stockholm Syndrome? Most surprising was Kara. With my mom, it was expected. She was never an emotional support person, but Kara, she was. Near to my heart, we had deep and spiritual discussions as I struggled with rebellion as a teenager and into adulthood. We were similar in our ideas and our desires to raise children and had all the same passions for dance and music. Her actions tore through my heart like a chainsaw that day. It's unheard of to ask a mother whose child was grossly abused to not talk about it, yet here she was, watching gossiping, letting us drown alone in uncertainty and refusing to entertain any of it? I didn't know or understand this Kara. This Kara that would rip away the only family member who empathized or tried to help me support my child? Who was this person? Who was I to her now? How could I inform the public exposing the evil she's been up to for all these years if nobody cares that I'm drowning, crying, and trying to save him? There were more questions than answers. I was determined to find those answers. 
mindset on exposing the system she created to uphold the undisclosed, restricted truth we left so we could focus on justice, abandoned all. No longer would we look into the eyes of those who allowed her to destroy innocent lives and my Brandon. This was a war, and anyone who was a friend of the enemy was and is no friend of mine. Part 3. Delusion Conclusion After two years of sorrow, watching members of my family carry on as though none of this occurred, expecting for me to get over it, I decided to cut ties with the apathy in our political quarrel. I now had to reject any ideas of having a respectful relationship with the people who I once loved that had left me crying, abandoned on my knees with a child under attack, bleeding. A terrible and accurate analogy. Nobody came. Grandma controlled everything. She controlled the media, the med clinic, how people feared the world around them, and even so far down the ladder as pensions received. Ripping people away from the lies they'd grown comfortable accepting and the assets welcomed by her many resources, getting them to see the truth would be a challenge. I went to work. The final half of the decade, a deep dive into the discovery of Georgia Garrett consumed me. Court proceedings leading to the uncovering of her lies, documenting and changing how we see Georgia, are now being shared across the globe. Finally. A reason to celebrate and stop running from the lies, but still, nobody came. Testimonies under oath have been shared on social media to millions of Americans sitting waiting on the truth about grandma, and still nobody came. Her, politi her political agenda is alive, well, and thriving still today. Nothing's changed the rate in which she continues to poison, injure, and kill. She's forcing parents of children already injured or people who otherwise know her evil nature to allow her to spend time with the children again or else or else lose jobs, driving privileges up to and not excluding jail time and massive fines, should we detest. She's using her financial status for new laws that do this, in spite of the testimony and admittances in court recognizing her culpability. I developed a talent for networking, just like Grandma. Her skilled eye detected that I was opening and shifting minds to see Georgia Garrett for who she really was when the unthinkable happened. She set out to kidnap Brandon and forced me to submit to silence under falsified criminal claims. She played the big cards, and again, nobody came. I shifted outside of what felt like powerlessness in this toxic family atmosphere to find a whole new world. One filled with love, support, compassion, and personal growth. A tribe of humans with one goal, defeat the beast. Forcing grandma away from Amer American politics may be the biggest battle in American history. Bigger human history. And so there's a peace that lies here now. We won against evil, seizing her opportunity to kidnap Brandon. We're confident in continuing to win. We're safe. We've overcome and will continue to fight and win each battle brought to the forefront because we're a team now. 
a collection of harmonious impus and accord. And we are understanding of even the most misunderstood, the ones who never came. We rise and commence continuing this operation until everyone is protected, safe, and in the loving arms of their families. If I would have allowed pressure to force me to fall away as my family wanted in silence, I could have never defeated Grandma. I wouldn't have been the me that understands and can explain well enough to have won in a battle against her. This has been a battle of intelligence, comprehension, and law. She would have certainly came for Brandon and abused him again. She would have won if I hadn't been ready. Had I not noticed the devastation she'd induced, I'd be sitting here still today, just as delusional as everyone else who still believes the essence of her lies and never came. I'm giving permission to you today to drop the delusion and find a solution. To work out this puzzle on your own. This puzzle I've presented in words for you to unravel. A puzzle with an opportunity to think for yourself. You are a piece in this puzzle. Either running from the story or engaging in it. You are one of these American people. You are the global bodies unveiling or enabling the mask of grandma. Who are you? Are you the silent type who lets the damage wreak havoc on innocent lives? Or are you the one who grabs a rescue boat to reveal the massive size of our iceberg and the dangers that lurk ahead? Please take a moment and allow the vision I have created in your mind of George Garrett to fade away. Replace that image with the medical clinic and the food industries who are operating, who are still today killing babies with political immunity. She was never who perpetrated the crimes. She doesn't exist. This story is an analogy to help relate to one another. What does it feel like to trust someone who you later find is abusing their fat power, to be forced to endure the abuse of others while people who otherwise thought cared watch? sitting comfortably and entertaining themselves, sightless, allowing the attacker to prevail. This is who I am now. This is what was born that day when I died. A tribe of 200,000 mothers and children across America, victims of grandma. Rising out of the ashes, mothers and fathers working together who will stop at nothing to protect their children from 